0: Welcome to the latest episode of Talking Digital called HR Data. In this episode, we have set up a conversation between Leifam Green, the executive director at the PPMA, and Chris Grimes, the sales director at Matrix SEM, and they're going to be discussing why data is so important and what value it brings the HR community. Letham, do you want to introduce yourself first?
1: Hello, I'm Letham Green. I'm the Executive Director of the Public Service People Management Association,
0: otherwise known as PPMA. And I'm Chris Grimes. I'm the Sales Director at Matrix SEM. So today we're going to talk about um, all things data and um, HR and why data is so important to to, uh, the HR community. I guess, first of all, did you want to give a bit of background leafing about who the PPMA are? Um, obviously, we've worked, worked with you guys and we have done now for four years. I think we've been sponsors of the PPMA. Or yes, sponsors. you have. Yeah, really important sponsors for us as well. Um,
1: thanks for giving us the opportunity to share with people what we do. So, we're the first choice um, association for people, professionals across the public sector, and we are um, an association of members. So individuals can be members or the organization can join as a member. And we are an advocacy group uh, providing um, thought leadership to central government and um, public sector organizations in terms of anything to do with people, workforce, organizational development. Um, We provide a great opportunity for people to come together, professionals in their work, share learning, share ideas, um, and help grow and learn through best practice, which is going on across public services, whether that be local government, um, health, central government, um, you know, a huge range of organisations that we support and connect with. And also we're very proud of a series of talent programmes that we put together, because we're about the future, where does the future public servant come from, particularly in the HR professional. So we provide four brilliant talent programmes, one which is about apprenticeships, giving apprentices the opportunity to step forward and showcase their talent. Um, one looking specifically at um, new HR professionals into the workplace, which is the one to watch program. Um, another looking at mid-career HR professionals, which is HR Rising Star, and then our aspiring HR directors called Peer into the Future. So all of that can be found on our website for further information about what we do.
0: Perfect. I think that gives a good insight into what you guys do. As I say, we we, we really value our sponsorship with the PPMA, and we see. It's a great opportunity to tap into some really experienced HR colleagues across um, the public sector, which obviously is a core market for us in which we operate. So um, so, so thanks for taking the time to talk with us today about data and, and HR and everything, all, all things digital. So I guess first of all Ethan, why, why do you think data is so important to the sort of HR community and what value do you think it brings to that community? <laughs> Yeah, that's kind of like... It's a big, tough question yeah. to start, isn't
1: it? No pressure. Um, you know, the world of HR, organisational development, is all about people. You know, and it can often be viewed as a, a very soft subject, which, you know, is really frustrating, I think, because it's one of the toughest subjects to crack. You know, we're dealing with a huge workforce across the public sector, and it's a workforce made up of, you know, unique, emotional human beings, and that's a huge challenge in itself. And how do you get those... Uh, human beings, uh, to operate, perform, engage in a way that is what an organization needs and requires. And so to get investment in that um, workforce, the best investment, uh, you need to be able to convince people why we should be doing it, Mm. and therefore data is fundamental to that. And once we've got it, are we actually getting a good return on it? And those often are kind of descriptors which are not commonplace in the world of HR. Mm. You know, we need to be sitting there in the boardroom, bringing our expertise of human beings, that complexity of human beings, and translating that into hard terms. This is what it means. Yeah. Can we actually back up those comments, those ideas, to actually inform you know, transformational conversations? Um, and often it's about getting cash, getting access to limited resources, and you need to be able to have a very strong business case. And also it's about looking to the future predict in the future, helping organizations see beyond the here and now, which often we can get just get bogged down particularly when local authorities for example will be in annual cycles of budget rather than medium term planning or longer term planning. and data is essential to get to get that. It actually helps really enrich a story, enrich a business case. Plus, we should know what we're doing and actually be able to justify the pound we spend and the value we bring for every pound that's invested. And data helps actually reinforce that.
0: Yeah, I think that's that's some really interesting points there in terms of um, the value. I think it really helps you sort of solidify the value that HR does bring to the, the like you said, the boardroom, so it's that senior sort of table and give more credibility to sometimes can like, like you can rightly say can be seen as a, a soft. Um, subject in a bit of a soft uh, area to sort of help move that profession yeah. forward as well. Yes, um,
1: well the importance of it, is, you, know, the, you know, data is you know, relatively easy to capture, it's whether or not it's relevant data, it's timely data, it's appropriate data, and then once you've got it what do you do with that? You know, so part of our skill set as HR professionals is being able to learn and acquire the skill of telling stories effectively with the data. And actually going beyond what the data is on the page, yeah. you know, using that to actually help predict trends to get under the surface of it. So it's no good just saying, you know, we're struggling with a fifteen percent turnover of staff. You know, that that's data. Yeah. So what does that actually mean? What how's that impacting upon our cost to hire? How does that impact upon our agency spend? Yeah. What does that mean in terms of productivity and actually helping people understand that we, you know, we know what's going on in the business. We've got the heartbeat of the business, but equally we know the impact on you know, the bottom line of the business. And in the world of public sector, it's not different from private sector. It's just a different challenge. Yeah. We need to be able to justify and understand the actual financial consequences of decisions that we take. You know, and understanding where we're spending, for example, on agency workers versus um, permanent workers. What's the implication of that mm-hmm. in terms of? Um, you know, decisions, particularly in that world of social care, you know, just yeah. where really the biggest spend often on headcount and agency workers comes into play.
0: Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I think you see the public sector's been under such such stress and pressure to cut and reduce what they spend as a as a whole, and and having that data then to kind of enrich your, your view of, obviously, permanent workforce, but equally, obviously, where, where, we, where we're we particularly strongly around some contingent sort of workforce yeah. is, is vital, isn't it? Yes, and of course, you know, having um,
1: used the type of data you can produce in that space, you know, it was really helpful for me when I was running a business, you know, being an HR director, because it also helps bust some of the myths, mm. you know, because people will be working often on subjective viewpoints. Yeah. And the data that can be produced can actually bust that myth. So you're dealing with objective information and making you know, appropriate decisions. Uh, without it, you know you're just kind of you know going to be going around in circles. Circles afterwards. And organisations have got really long history, mm. you know, and they will be holding onto viewpoints which are sometimes decades old. Yeah. And this data that you can capture can actually help bust some of those viewpoints. It doesn't mean to say, because we're complex human beings, people let go of those yeah. you know, views easily, but certainly that data you know, helps
0: reinforce it. Without it, you, you know, you're know, you just going to be kind of floundering. Yeah, we, we find that with um, when we manage, when we talk about managing our so suppliers and our the supply chain, a lot when we, we take over a new customer, whether it's public or private sector, um, and maybe they've pr- traditionally had a, a so prefer supplier list and they that, that works with your big corporate agencies and brands uh, and often they have this view that they have to work with those guys because they're the guys of getting the best talent and the best staff when actually when we we're able to present the data back to say okay well we can work with those guys but also there's this whole uh, sort of chunk of agencies and, and, and suppliers out there who can provide your workers um, for maybe more SME type market we can give them the data to show them the quality of the work that's coming through, the quality of submission in comparison directly with those big suppliers actually, like you say, it just debunks all those myths, it cuts down to the bare fact so, yeah, it's a really interesting, uh, interesting I one mean, of the
1: biggest challenges I still that I face when I go in and you know talk to, to colleagues in organisations, very simple piece of data how many employees do you employ mm. and that is still a question that I can't remember the last person who could answer it easily. You know, and different data sets, given different information, and there's always, you know, predicated, well, it depends upon, you know, whether or not we include this group or that group, Mm. or if we're double counting an individual who does more than one job, you know. So even that as a starting point is a really important thing to be clear about. this is the number of people we employ, this is the cost that our organisation has, establishment control you know having Mm. that kind of basic data um, and you would think you know have we not moved beyond that Mm. but the vast majority of organizations still haven't got that really clear in their head yeah even the
0: clarity of how much do we actually spend on our workforce yeah piece of data i think again you spot on this and we we're asked more and more sort of we're talking before we started the podcast about having more of a a global view I guess over, over across everything and I think the challenge that sometimes some organizations has is they have four or five different technology sort of platforms yes. and they're run and like you say so if you're asking for a really simple bit, bit of information I guess the challenge that they have is they they have to go across those different platforms to get the data and then there's there is some of the data held here so it's held there so a bit of it's in both of the systems um, so one of the things that we've been asked to do a lot more is have an integrated sort of approach an integrated solution. Yeah. Which then can pull down as our sort of BI sort of business intelligence platform and kind of give them a, a global view in a really quick and easy way. So yeah. And that's definitely one of the, the reach out products that
1: colleagues across public sector, you know, the HR colleagues that have, have been asking for because you know they are um, you constrained by the fact that it, there's not one central point often to be able to go to and also that it's easy to access. Mm. And that's the other thing with information and data. And it was often one of the things that I would struggle with in terms of, well, can I, why is it not just at the press of the button? you would think, it, mm. it could, I can just, you know, speak out loud and some bit of machine in the corner will now play music for yeah. me or give me information that I need from the internet. Why can't it be that simple um, in business? And yet it isn't so you know that kind of solution to a problem is hugely important because often what we need to be doing is presenting responses to challenges that might uh, you know that might just emerge over days or hours in an organization and uh, you know you turn up and say well I haven't actually quite got the data mm. and it's going to take me a couple of weeks to get it yeah and then your credibility is just lost yes yeah. people will off you know they will go off and Start decision making based on subjective views and yeah. opinions rather than the actual data that's needed to, to to inform those decisions. And I wish I could say that that's infrequent, but it's not mm. because it's quite simple. You know, some of that information that I've been sharing with you: how many people do we employ? How much does it cost? Where are they? Mm. Where are they located? How many people do we have in each building? Yeah it's pushed to one side because it's just so simple. Yeah. I want to get on with something a little bit more sexy, yeah. you know, a bit more kind of relevant and di- you know, digital What this digital world, because yeah. that just sounds a little bit too simple. But of course, unless that initial, initial yeah, is correct, yeah. um, then the rest of it's going to be irrelevant because yeah. of course it's all founded on, you know, kind of really uh, you know, uh, unreliable data source. So that's the other, you know, reality check, you know, if you're going to do something, it has got to be credible. It's got to be, you know, correct. Mm. That's the other thing, um, and it's got to be timely, and then using it, you know, appropriately. And at every point in the employee life cycle, you, know, you need to be able to have data to actually help those decision making. Yeah, you know, about your you know, time to hire, cost to hire, and again, that might sound quite simple and straightforward, but you ask that question of colleagues across organisations. Very few can answer it very yeah. quickly, and yet you know this is where they're spending huge amounts of money. Mm. Do you appreciate the cost that it takes? If you know between recruiting in three months to six months, mm. what is your average time to recruit? Yeah, you know, do they know that? You know, we've got yeah. thousands of people often in, a, in a, an organisation uh, of the type that you know we're, we're supporting, um, and they don't know that answer. So, how much money could you potentially be wasting? Yeah. Yeah. and therefore it allows you to challenge the process, our know, process is correct yeah, and that's you know, certainly where the support that you know your organisation can bring in because it can actually help challenge some of those yeah. uh, life cycle points
0: uh, which is really important. I think I, think, yeah, I, think, I think you're <coughs> spot on and, uh, and obviously linking back to your intro at the start talking about PPMA being a thought leader for the community Um, uh, obviously you've got a, a number of Really interesting themes that you're promoting to sort of members. Let's talk digital. The pace of change in technology. How do you see the importance of adapting it every day? There's new technology coming to the market, hmm. and sometimes I guess the public sector can be have this stereotype that it's kind of slow and cumbersome. I guess in my experience, I don't I don't necessarily think that's reflective actually what what the modern public sector is like. How do you see? Colleagues in your in HR community, but how quickly they're adapting to new technology to obviously make the best of those savings. I think that the, this, it's uh, you know it's a big community, so therefore my answer is
1: going to be it's a uh, it's a cross section. Yeah. You know we've got some examples of brilliance, creativity, innovation. There is a limited amount of money for investment in this this world, so you know it has to be about understanding where and what you're doing and why. Is the organisation clear about why it needs the data it's collecting? Because often I would be asked for a lot of data and you would ask well why do you want it mm-hmm. and people really didn't have any idea why they wanted it they would just stream off this long list of mm-hmm. things that they wanted and often because a system can produce these reports whether or not it's relevant or not by the by so if I'm going to in, in date you know the technology is changing so rapidly mm-hmm. and that's what you know one of the themes that uh, we're talking about in PPMA is trying to focus on understanding precisely why you want something and what is the best Technology out there available to enable you to do it. The, you know the big issue currently is about you know artificial intelligence mm. and the impact that that's going to bring. But equally, busting some of the myths around, you know, everybody is no longer going to be needed and nobody will have a job mm. because of AI coming into the workplace. So there may well be a little bit of resistance from colleagues in the HR community mm. because it might mean, well, actually, if I push it too much, does that mean I won't have a job? Or I might not have such a big team rather than kind of looking at a broader landscape and picture of that. And you know whilst you know, it, it is going to revolutionize the way we think and how we can do things, it will support automation mm-hmm. but probably the, the impact of everybody losing their job is going to be less than you think. Yeah. Probably I would imagine certainly in terms of some of the research that we've done around 10%. Yeah. The bulk of it is about partnering with digital technology and individuals. And the world that we do, certainly in the HR world, is about emotional choices. You know, can a computer ever really make the decision as to whether or not somebody is a good fit for an organisation, the right behaviour trend? Because otherwise what you would probably end up with is just the same type of person coming mm. into business and therefore outgoes diversity you know, and inclusivity in kind of your recruitment. So there's always going to be a need for an individual HR professional working alongside Kind of that digital technology, but do we understand that? And are we are we helping organisations think into that space and really be ready for it? And looking at process, what process can we automate? Uh, you know, recruitment is a good example of that. Yeah. Where really the computer can help sift certainly that you know the big bulk of mm-hmm. um, recruitment applicants that we get. So I was interested uh, yesterday. I was reading an article, and you know, McDonald's, for example, are now going to be using that piece yeah, of amb- yeah, technology yeah. Yeah, to enable recruitment to take place, I mean, how amazing is yeah. that? So you'd be thinking, well, surely in that high volume space, you know, that must be replicable mm-hmm. in the world of public sector to mm-hmm. help in some way, where you can just take out stuff that really a computer can do better and quicker and more accurately, that's the other thing, you know, can we get stuff done more accurately than a human being can do? but recognising that humans will always be able to do some things better than the machine. Yeah. So that's a kind of a, you know, a meandering answer to your question, but I just think it's about thinking. Yeah. Have we really got ourselves into the space
0: of really understanding what does this mean, rather than just it's a computer which is going to replace the job? Mm. I think it's more about refocusing what we do in work and, and getting more value out of what yeah. we do, because we've, if and it's certainly on a very micro sort of scale, but experience when we're going to talk to customers who perhaps have a quite a manual process prior to someone like a matrix coming on board mm. um, and often you'll get a resistance that um, a lot of our solutions around automating some of the processes and, and driving efficiencies in some of that process but sometimes there can be resistance that, that well what does that mean for me because I've yes. always done that part of my job in it. Yes. and actually what the reality should be is it doesn't mean anything for you but it means you can go and do the job that you were initially employed to do, rather than worrying about contingent staff and, yeah. and and doing that, or whether it's about integrations and having more of an integrated approach with your finance system. So instead of having a manual process, someone's sifting through invoices. If you had a more of an uh, integrated technological approach, that kind of took that workload away from someone. Again, it's just it's about them working smarter, and it means it might mean the aid, the, the public sector organisation might. Then not spend quite as much on the agencies or their agency staff and bills they don't have to employ a temp over there in finance because they've got the head over here which they can kind of then engage and use to do something a bit more challenging and a bit more like so regards to the data a bit sexier rather than just yes. filtering through yeah. the data so I think there's, there's a lot of opportunities that this sort of, um, sort of technological sort of, uh, approach is going to take and what we're doing um, as part of our
1: kind of learning um, within the profession through our annual conference is you know, bringing you know, speakers who can help pass on that knowledge mm. and lift the thinking to help you know, colleagues go back into their workplace. Mm. So the types of solution that you're talking about mm. is not thought of in a fearful way, mm-hmm. but really in a helpful way. Because the future of workers, whether that be in private sector or public sector, are those who are, have can adapt and learn quickly mm-hmm. Move into new spaces, you know, and be future relevant. And we as a profession need to be encouraging people to be future relevant, yeah, be adaptive. You know, so when people say, "What does the, you know, the worker of the future need to, to be? What does what are the skills that they need to possess?" It's definitely that ability to be adaptive and be able to to reinvent themselves mm-hmm. in terms of learning. I can do things differently um, and be relevant in what you're doing. Yeah and not be fixed into this you know concept of this is my job and this is what I'm doing so therefore I'm a recruiter who deals with recruitment in this way mm-hmm. you know, it might be you know, I, I'm a supporter of people, you know, I'm an enabler of people I allow people to be of their best in an organisation yeah. I'm, I'm an expert in human beings It's right. very now I might flex within that and technology will enable me to remove the drudgery 'Cause they can do it better. Yeah. But they will never do this better than I can. And that's my relevance in business. That's where your organisation, you know, comes into play because you do those things mm-hmm. far better than an individual organisation can ever afford to invest mm-hmm. in. And that's the benefit of partnering with the likes of yourself. Yeah. And it's there's no hardship and it's not wrong to actually say, Yes, you know, you do it better, but we're working in partnership mm-hmm. and the value that we bring for our local Citizens, our local communities, mm-hmm.
0: is therefore this,
1: yeah, which needs to be celebrated and not be feared. Absolutely, and then that, again, it's <laughs> that
0: data again, given that to demonstrate what that value is as well. To sort Ooh. of to go back to the, your sort of community, your, your citizens, that you're kind of, you're at, we're all ultimately accountable for. If you're working in the public sector, that this is the value that we did a bit for you, Joe blocks on Street, um, by working in partnership with someone like Metro, right. say it, um, that's really interesting. Now. To the up, so what did we speak about <laughs> yes Spoken about
1: um, how important um data is. data is yeah. to actually help bust myths around mm. um decision making mm. um to be more effective in decision making the importance of using data in uh, storytelling yeah so that people can actually understand um and appreciate um what we're investing in. This is from an HR point of view. Um, using data to inform decisions around the full employee life cycle. Yeah. Um, not being fearful of data and yeah. partnering with organisations who can pr- help you produce the data. Yeah. And the the vital importance of having that one point of data supply. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Do you mean to say it? or you, I you, think you, just it, I think you just got it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> not it well. <laughs> <laughs> I think <forget> it is, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, perfect. So that was a great roundup from Lee from there, where he just covered an overview of what we spoke about in this podcast, where we were really trying to drill down into why data is so important and what value it brings to the HR community. We'll be exploring this a little bit more in our next podcast, So thank you for listening to this one and stay tuned for the next one which will be released on the first Wednesday of next month.